Life gets hard sometimes, so grab your weighted blanket and let's talk about it. Welcome to Weighted Blanket Happy Hour. I am Jackie. And I am Julia. And this is the and podcast where we talk about shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we talk over each other sometimes and that's that's okay because one day we'll, we'll edit it out. Um, <laughs> we are joined today by the fabulous Chicago actor, mom, podcast host, and to be determined, <laughs> the one and only Claire Alpern. How's it going, Claire? Thank Hello. you so much for joining us. Oh, happy to be here. So happy to be here. Yay. Yay. <laughs> We're happy Yay. to have you. So Thank how you. did you two, because, okay, Claire, I got introduced to you through Julia. Julia, how yeah. did you two meet? Mm. Um, so Claire is an actor who, when I was a casting director in another life, I'd bring in for things. And I was like, yo, this person's really chill. And then Claire, um, was in a Bechtel Fest and I came on last minute as a director at Steppenwolf. We're just going to drop it there. And <laughs> no. We performed at Steppenwolf. If anyone's listening, <laughs> it's on the resumes. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, Claire is just like a super cool, chill person and also like a wonderful artist to work with too uh i my favorite story about claire is that 15 minutes before the show started all of our props disappeared (laughs) because our 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 one act took place in a recycling distribution center i remember that one and yeah and my cast bless their hearts thought it would be a good idea to put all of our our junk because we had a lot of recycling goods in it and they put mm-hmm. all of that in a trash bin for safekeeping thinking they that were no one props would, yeah they were they were yeah and did and it some, get taken some, out oh no yeah some <laughs> some overzealous janitor was like hey there's a bunch of trash in here uh-huh. with a bunch of weird costumes i'm gonna uh-huh. assume that that's trash so we scrambled for 15 minutes throughout the theater of steppenwolf getting uh-huh. props and costumes uh-huh. and somehow we we God made it work. Them. Quick, God buy a few them. Stellas from the bar and like empty no, about well, chug yeah, them. Yeah, I think yeah, that's the first literally. place we went was like to the bartender and be like, can we just go through your garbage, please? Like, <laughs> we literally just need some it bottles was, and stuff. It was literally a friend of mine bartending that night. So like he like without a beat was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh like he gets asked this every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk about anxiety like, inducing. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was yeah. that was something. That was something. And, and yeah, and then somebody from Steppenwolf was able to give us like the the hazmat mm-hmm. vests or whatever you want to call them. And yeah. uh, and did we get hard oh, the hats from them got too? Tossed too? No. Oh yeah, yeah, no. yeah. We lost the hard hats. Yeah, we lost the hard hats. Which, no. which I got. <laughs> It's fine. They were donated from my day job. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was pretty. And it's funny because I remember, uh, you know, I'm not throwing anyone under the bus. However, it was not my decision to put those things into the garbage can. Um, but I of do remember as they were doing it or we were doing it, um, someone being <laughs> like, should we put a sign there just saying, please don't. And we're like, no, that's crazy. That's so stupid. And should have, should have done a sign. Yeah, should have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was pretty. Horrifying. Yeah. But we made yeah. it work. Uh, we it, made it work. We did. And now we the have a magic story. Of theater. I don't know uh-huh. which night that was, but I I remember not noticing anything peculiar when I saw that I one. It was I think that was like the second show. Yeah, the the playwright was there too, <laughs> and I like knelt down to her. <laughs> 
No. It's like, it's her, it's her Steppenwolf debut. And uh-huh. I'm like, so, um, I don't want you to freak out, but. Right. Oh, and we had to change some of the script to match the new recycling receptacles that we had. So like instead of a yogurt container, we had to use like a tuna container and like change the words and remember to know when to change it. And, oh, dear Lord. Oh, my God. I would have a panic attack. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you were. I think we, we did. And yeah, we did. yeah, yeah. But we had, had shots <laughs> afterwards, and well, there you go. That's that's yeah. all that matters. It all worked out. That's all that matters. <laughs> we earned it, it that did. night. It for did. sure. <laughs> oh my it goodness! Did. Yeah. It did. Yeah. Yeah, that's just yeah the the magic and joy <laughs> of theater. Um, it's it, you know so so Claire, I know that you've been you know talking with a lot of individual artists, and do you find yeah. that there is a correlation between like artists and anxiety? Like, are anxiety prone persons most likely to go <laughs> into the arts? Um, not in so many words, but yes, because I think. Um, <laughs> I mean, well, no, but yes. <laughs> no one's actually used those words. But I think I don't that... have any hard research, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I think just by nature, we have to, you know, artists have to basically turn themselves inside out and become very vulnerable in whatever art form they're using, right? Um, and that clearly is going to have effect on your mental well-being. Um, and so if you know <laughs> that you are about to go on an audition and have to turn yourself inside out and show all of these things that you have on the inside, um, it is incredibly anxiety-inducing, especially if you are in a body that is not typically seen or represented in entertainment. So you feel like you're, uh, you're already standing out. You already look Mm -hmm. like a sore thumb. You already don't belong there, air quotes. Um, And so I think anxiety is probably an understatement (laughs) to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, going to ask more about that, about the, um, the inspiration for your podcast. For those who are listening, who may not know, Claire has her own podcast. It's called Big Bones, Thick Skin. And Mm -hmm. you, and we talked about it on the phone and it was like, you, you started out, you know, talking to plus size actors and then it just kind of became about like marginalized communities in the acting realm. Yeah. Was, you know, your own experience with dealing with your anxiety part of the inspiration for that? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, uh, I don't, I mean, anxiety is, it's it's so hard to kind of pinpoint because it's so much just a part of your personality for a lot of people and for for myself included. So um, I think what the impetus was, was being a plus size actor and having to go through the world as a plus size person and a plus size actor And just feeling like I was on this journey by myself, you know, every, uh, and, and I'm sure everybody feels that way, you know, because everybody's different. Um, But a lot of the feedback I would get would be very specific to my body and things like that. And so um, I really honestly just wanted to talk to other people that might've heard some of the same things and, 
were able to power through it or somehow rise above it or make me feel not as alone. And I think that anxiety plays a huge part in that, you know, it's especially when you feel like you're the odd man out and the outlier um, in so many scenarios. Um, so yeah, I, I personally, <sighs> I personally, yeah, anxiety is a big part of the package of what drew me to that subject matter um, and wanting to talk to other people. And definitely um, anxiety plays a part in a lot of our conversations. How far does, because, you know, we, we often sort of ask this question, and this is a very therapy question. How, how far back does your anxiety go? Have you always had it? Did it develop in adulthood? Yeah. yeah, when that bitch, when that bitch show up. <laughs> when did that bitch show up <laughs> and ruin things? asshole. She's such a dick. <laughs> um, you know, honestly, I, I feel like she, she <laughs> yeah, she, she um, has been a presence in my life, although it was, it's, I was never able to identify it as such. It was always just something wrong with me, you know, something that I was not in control of that made me feel awful, that made me incapable of functioning in a lot of ways that made me incapable of being social, um, incapable of being productive. But I just thought it was just who I was and therefore something broken. Um, and it wasn't honestly until about probably like five or six years ago, um, when my, mother got very sick. She had Alzheimer's and um, she was living alone in New York. That's where I'm from. And I am an only child. And uh, so I became her caregiver from Chicago. And it was virtually impossible to do, especially an independent woman who doesn't know what's going on and doesn't realize how I'm trying to help her and keep her safe would undo a lot of the stuff. And then I would have to deal with doctors and I would have to deal with trying to get her diagnosed and then trying to take over her finances and then trying to keep, again, keeping, trying to keep her safe, trying to keep her safe, um, going into debt, trying to get people to visit her. And I was working at the time and I just remember having to try to do all that while also being expected to do a full-time job, while also being expecting to be a, a mother of two and a wife. And um, I would wind up in the bathroom a lot at work just shaking and crying because the overwhelm was debilitating. And that's when I was like, this is this is beyond me. This is not me. This is not something wrong with me. This is not something that anybody would be able to handle um, with a smile on their face. And um, so I actually took FMLA, which, you know, who people who might not know what that is, it's fam the Family Medical Leave Act, which basically entitles you to um, a break from work up to three months without your job being jeopardized. So they can't give your job to someone else. Um, so I took that because I was just like, I, I could not function at work. Um, and they were not very sympathetic or supportive. Um, you're also unpaid during that time. Um, 
and was also trying to battle for short-term disability from them because I was going to doctors because I was afraid that I was going to have a heart attack or that my blood pressure was going to go sky high or that I was going to have a mental breakdown. So trying to keep my mother safe, trying to keep her finances in order, trying to get her diagnosed and get her medical help, and then also having to battle for the validity of the way I felt and what I was going through as one person that nobody else could share. It was just something I had to do. Um, (laughs) Was a big, low, 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 low point for me. Um, It was absolutely anxiety and absolutely depression. And I went to therapy, thank God, because I think that's the only way I would have been able to handle it. Um, And it, I mean, even with the diagnosis and with the help, it, it wasn't easy and it doesn't go away. You know, it is there. And you learn how to recognize it. Like I would have panic attacks and I, but I would at least be able to name it. Like this is a panic attack, panic attack. I'm not having a heart attack. I'm having a panic attack. And this is what I need to do to handle it and let it move on. Um, and, uh, (laughs) it's, you know, that kind of stuff is hard, especially when you are taking on all these other roles as well of a mother and a wife. Um, where kids don't give you the time to like process your feelings. You're not, you know, that's just not, they're not built that way. Um, So you have to kind of power through. And it was, that was absolutely where I can say I was suffering from anxiety and depression and had to go on meds for it. And I'm very grateful that I did and sought a lot of help for it because I was not supported in a lot of the ways that I should have been. And Lord knows, a society and or medicine does not take women's feelings seriously. Mm-mm, mm-mm. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Neither does business. Yes, business oh, yeah, particular. Because no. mm-hmm. it somehow gets in the way of them making money. Oh, oh my God. Capitalism can go God die. Forbid. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. the hell? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Well, mm-hmm. That's very heavy. And uh, Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I don't know why I'm thanking you. <laughs> And thank you. Well, I just mean like, yeah, anybody would anybody would have an extremely hard time with that. If not, you know, just outright fling themselves off a building. Frankly, <laughs> that's that too dark. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, wow. but I mean, it's valid. Wow. It's valid. Yeah. And it was wow. it, it was. Yeah, it was definitely it tested me for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, it, you know, I mean, it, it obviously, bec- you know, no, it's it's never good to have to deal with dark periods like that, but it just sort of becomes a part of your journey in mm-hmm. since, you know, since having that experience and dealing with all that and then, you know, subsequently starting, you know, these very, starting to work on these very inspiring projects, what's been like something you've learned as you've worked to improve your mental health? Man. Um, that everyone is entitled to mental health, um, to mental well-being, that everyone is entitled to not feel 100% and not feel healthy, um, that it's okay, and that 
there are a ton of resources out there. Sometimes they might not be easy to find, but I bet if you have one friend or family member that you reach out to, they can help you. Um, I, I think more than anything, what I learned from that experience is to get help. And now I, I think I probably over ask for help. I have two therapists, a nutritionist, who else? Like I've, I'm like getting someone to help me like find a job that I like. Like I'm, you know, I'm constantly looking for help because I feel like if I don't know how to do it, then someone else can teach me. And, and that's what they're there for, for fuck's sake. Honestly, know? that's cool. Life can be a team effort. Right. <laughs> What's right. Like, and nothing and wrong with each that. time, each time you're connecting with a person and enriching each other's lives. And so I, I don't know. I just really, I'm a huge proponent for reaching out and trying to draw on other people's uh, strengths and experiences and, and what they want to share because they, they do. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's legit. Julia, I've been hogging the questions. Did you have a question? <laughs> no, uh, no, I, I, I've been sitting on one, but just to go off on that thought, mm-hmm. like I have always been a person to like seek help, whether it was office hours or even just like hit up someone on LinkedIn or Facebook and be like, Hey, you don't know me as well, but like, I saw that you're really great at this thing. Or, you know, about this thing. Could you help me? Because in my mind, it was like, I would rather put myself out there than sit here and continue to be like where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. And whenever like I would coach actors or help out like with my recruiting team at work, it all came down to like, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. And that can be such a hard skill to pick up because by the time that you reach a certain age, (laughs) everyone just expects you to have all the answers, to Mm -hmm. have it all together. And it's like, oh, like to admit that I need help means that... I don't know anything and I'm not a valid per like, no. no. Like, yeah. Like you no. said, like, I, I'm just like, what else can my insurance card get? Like, I seriously, seriously, that, see, that's where I am now. But like, it's, it's so true. Like when you're mm-hmm. younger, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't, I don't feel like getting into like what parent issue caused this, but I swear to God, <laughs> me asking for help with literally anything, not even like the big stuff, like the, like mental health, like, hello, you have depression. Like, it, it, like tiny projects I could not ask for help because brain was like yes if you do that you fail and mm. I'm like fail what it's like you lose <laughs> lose against what like, you fail yeah you fail at life right? like what is that and, and like, also not like, being letter graded like, <laughs> right and Google will only get you so far oh, I mean yeah. honestly and it's such a time waster to try to figure stuff I mean like take for example doing the podcast like you can google you know how do i start a podcast and get so much information much of it conflicting whereas if you find someone like listen to a podcast that you really like and maybe reach out to them they might respond and be like oh yeah let's talk let's figure it out and then you also have someone in your corner that's helping to support your dreams so um yeah it's just And I'm a big proponent for just connecting with people. I think life is too short. And especially in a fucking pandemic when everyone is isolated, you have, I want to find ways to connect. So I'm, yeah, I'm all about like, who can I ask for help for from today? Amen. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I love that. 
That's cool. So you've been working on your podcast for mm-hmm. almost a year now. Um, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's been an odyssey. It's been a Homer's odyssey of starting a podcast. <laughs> Here's my wine. <laughs> yes, this is a happy hour after Absolutely. all. A reminder. Um, so I'm sure you've you've interviewed multiple artists mm-hmm. um, who, as you said, are are in marginalized bodies. Um, so what has like the biggest lesson or takeaway you've had from that, or like what is the biggest difference from when you started and where you're at now? That's a great question. Um, there are some really um, common themes that I'm noticing when I talk to people, um, specifically. You know, and I have to be clear, so far, the majority of the artists that I've spoken with um, identify as plus size or fat or live in larger bodies. I have also spoken um, to a trans non-binary actor, um, an Asian American actor, um, a plus size model. And so I still have uh, a lot more identities to talk to and to hear from and to explore with. So I cannot say that this is for everybody, but the majority of things for the plus size people, plus size people. Yeah. Um, is that at some point in their lives, somebody told them that they could not have what they want because of their body. And How much, one of my guests said this, and it really resonated with me. She said, how much incredible, beautiful art are we missing out on because somebody decided that it had, people had to look a certain way. I mean, it just, it, it's heartbreaking because, and I know, you know, take me for example, um, I let those naysayers get the best of me for a really long time and did not try to pursue what I wanted to do because I believed that they were right and I was wrong and my body was wrong. Um, And what could I have been doing in that time? How could I have been learning, you know, not just my art, but as a person? And um, I think... Privilege plays a large part in a lot of it, too, and that's we need to talk more about that because, A, it's hard to kind of identify privilege in really uh, black and white terms, for lack of a better term, Um, but it does play a part in a lot of things. So uh, we have to keep looking at privilege. You know, I know that the current feeling in society and the atmosphere is is talking about those things but we have to keep kind of unearthing all the various types of privilege because some people just think oh well it's just because i was born into money yeah that's one kind of privilege but there's one thing that i am learning is that and again a guest said this i think it's the same guest just because it's no right now doesn't mean it's no forever and what if we used a no instead of rejection using it as fuel to prove them wrong right um yeah and it's hard it's hard but there are people out there doing it so and i and i and i really think more than anything all of my guests 
are doing what they do and trying to break the the mold that has been assigned, not just for themselves, but to really pave the way for people coming up so that they have the space already. They don't have to fight for it. There's been a big theme of people just going, yeah, I just want to, I just want to make it easier for the other women coming up to be able to do this stuff. So I'm going to try to, you know, do what I can now. And it's just so selfless and beautiful and is exactly what I love about people when they're being, when they're not assholes. (laughs) There's a through line of community and help there. I like that. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. And we, I mean, and that's the thing is like, you're not alone. There are so many people out there going through similar um, or not similar things, but you can learn from that you can really, that would resonate with you if you just reach out and try to meet them or talk to them or understand them. Um, Yeah. It's my soapbox. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very good soapbox. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's a very tall soapbox that I have a lot of hard time getting getting onto because <laughs> I'm so short. <laughs> it's okay. I have to get on the patriarchy soapbox every week. And find I need the I need the apple box to get onto the soapbox. Yeah, no, it's it's just it's a boulder, and I scramble up and I just scream, and I'm like, "This is stupid." <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is so. It is so stupid. And like, yeah, these are just things that the the patriarchy, if you want to call it, just like pits us against one another, mm-hmm. and just like digs into our deepest, darkest fears and insecurities, and is like, mm-hmm. well, if this person thought this about you, they're also going to think it about you, and before you know it, everyone's laughing at you behind your back, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, and that's that's the kind of anxiety that just. It's not even like just ignore it. It's like, so what? So what yeah. if they do? Like, I'd like to see them come up here and like be in the body that I am right now and have walked a mile in my shoes and right. be able to do this. Right. Well, and that, right. Is, that is so legit too because um, like tying we, – we were talking earlier about, oh, no, I've lost the thought. It's going to come back. happens to me we all were, the time. We were talking earlier about not being able to ask for help and how sometimes asking for help is a learned skill. And I think mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm retrospectively looking back and realizing that part of it is just this, this thing where we pit women against each other. What I, the fuck? I, Seriously. I grew up and in my brain, everyone was competition. And mm. then because – because I'm a competitive ass person, it was like, yes, all the girls were competition, but then I also had to prove that I was better than all the boys. But the thing is, I'm mm-hmm. a human. Mm-hmm. I'm not better than everybody at everything. But I grew up so firmly believing that I had to be that yeah. asking for help felt like losing. Yeah. That is what it is. I just figured yeah. that out. Let me go yeah. call my therapist. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's seen as some kind of failure on your part because you haven't figured life out. And it's like, what? No one what? does. No Literally, one. Yeah, no like, one figures out life, y'all. Like, right? And it's like, not a question and, to be answered. <laughs> and the definition of life does not necessarily include all the trauma you've been through, and you know, con- various things that you may have experienced for various reasons. You know, uh, nobody has the the two and a half kids and the white picket fence, and that's not life. So, if you have half a kid. I'm very concerned, and I need to call CSI about. <laughs> that i'm i know get, i've always been get Gil Grissom that. on the line mm-hmm, i <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i am not saying that anyone should have half a kid by the way just um 
Just FYI, just to be <laughs> don't, clear. Don't do yeah. you have you have two kids and a dog who is very human like and like is real smart. You have like a border <laughs> collie. That's half a kid. Yes. There you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who can herd the children? There you go. It mm-hmm. all yeah. works out. Yeah, but when mm-hmm. it comes to humans, stick to whole numbers. Yes, Got it. Um, <laughs> do. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, we can we can round the corner into <laughs> the so Claire at the end of every episode, we like to talk about what we did for self care this week. Ooh. So, um, Julia, would you like to go first? Oh, yeah. Mine's mine's really easy. I got a pedicure. Cute. (laughs) Very fun. Nice. Yeah. I've been trying to been trying to cut back on going to the salon because, like, who am am I doing it for? But I've got a... And I've got a fun lake house weekend coming (gasps) up with my friends. Oh, nice. Are you going, Jackie? I am. I'm very excited. I spent three hours today curating the playlist for the weekend. (laughs) Oh. Well, so the ride up there, all we listened to was Taylor Swift. And Jackie was like, could we just listen to one Ariana Grande song? And I was like, 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 nothing against Taylor, but can we please listen to something else? But it was all our friend Devin had. (laughs) So, like, I was like, so my roommate Rose was like, can you, uh, like, I don't know, create a playlist? And I was like, like, yes, yes, I can. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for asking. So, so is that your self-care or is there? Is yeah, there something? That, actually, that was very self-care like, actually. So, yes, mm. I stumbled into my self-care. <laughs> there you go. That's nice. What That's about you, good. Um, Well, mine is a pretty big one. I shipped the kids off to the grandparents' house. So I have the entire week without, and I love them dearly. But without the stresses of the children. (laughs) And it is first very weird. Very weird. Because you're like, what do I, who am I? How old are Um, they? Five and nine. Oh boy. So fun ages. (laughs) uh Uh-huh. Two boys that are five and nine and they are very, yeah, fun. um, Is one thing you would call it. Um, (laughs) But... But it's been, you know, pretty much nonstop for a year and a half, two years. So this is just like, I can walk around the house naked and not have to answer any questions about my privates. It's awesome. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I don't have to wipe (laughs) any butts. (laughs) but your own. <laughs> um, yes, exactly. Yes, yes. That is self-care. That is self-care. <laughs> Please wipe. Cleanliness. PSA for this <laughs> week. <laughs> Please wipe. Or get a bidet. Yes. Oh, my, oh God. my God. My The grandparents just installed a bidet, and that's all they talk about. And my children are terrified of it. They're like, I don't want to go in that bidet. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's but, probably you know, a good thing, but because like from what I know is like once you get used to it, you can't go back. Right? You just lose the capability of wiping your own ass. They're I'm sure they are. I've never used one. They're amazing. <laughs> I, 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 one day I can dream. Yeah, right? Soon. They're becoming more <laughs> popular, so. <laughs> well, if my, if my in-laws in Peoria have one, then they're definitely popular. There, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Claire, if people want to find you and your work on the internet, where would they go? Oh, that's a really good question because we haven't actually launched yet. Ha ha. Um, <laughs> just but, Google it. Yeah, just, just Google, Google it. it. I do. We do. I've just started 
a Facebook page and an Instagram account, and it's Big Bones Thick Skin. Very easy. We all know how to spell that, I think. Um, and it will be, you know, we'll be adding content to it as as we go. But I am a one person show here, so it might be a little bit of a snail's pace. But I'm hoping, hoping to launch maybe in September, maybe. We'll be that waiting would be with bated breath. <laughs> I will keep you posted for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Big bones fix again. Yeah. Go follow yeah. it. <laughs> Eventually there will be content. <laughs> you may Just be surprised. Put- <laughs> Just set up a Google alert to go straight mm-hmm. to your email. Yes. Yes. And we also, there's also a Gmail. Like, so if you have, if there are any questions or if you have stories you want to share, I'm always open to listening to people's stories. Bigbonesthickskin at gmail.com. So uh, happy, happy to receive any messages. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank Thank you for for having me. I know it's so nice to meet you officially, Jackie. I know. I mean, we spoke on the phone. (laughs) Yeah. And Julia, it's always good to see your wonderful face. You too, Claire. Thank you. Thank you. Well, and you know, Julia, we just want everybody to stay safe. Stay sane. Please stay sane. And same time next (laughs) week. (laughs) 